This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. All right, all right, all right. Happy Father's Day. It's a great day, and you know, we can honor fathers in the world today, but we can also honor the Heavenly Father. We're all His children, all right? And it's a great day. Big shout out to Maple Grove Elk River. Those are Emmanuel at home, as well as those in Spring Lake Park. It's a great day to be together, and I am so excited because God's put a word in my heart for all of us today, and I know this. No one has to be sad on this day, although emotions go all over and people are feeling loss of a lost loved one and those kind of things. But we can also turn and receive from the Heavenly Father what we can't get in any other place. And so we're here together, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited to to be together. And today, I want to do a little bit of an interview uh, with uh, some important people, special people in my life. And, uh, And I'm excited to have these guys up here. First of all, uh, starting with the patriarch, uh, I call him dad, and Emmanuel, we call him Pastor Ron, and, uh, and, and my dad is here, and uh, dad, what is, what is one thing you, you remember, the f- favorite memory of your dad? Well, I have a lot of memories. Main memory that growing up, I grew up in Sterling, Illinois, in northern Illinois. My dad was a pastor, but I remember this every night. Him getting on his face before God, laid out on the floor. And the way I saw that was is that my room was upstairs, and we had a kind of a spiral stepway that went down. And I could see downstairs and see my father laid out before the Lord, just crying out and praying. I heard my name, my two sisters' names, my brother's name, my mother. Everybody in the church, everybody in the neighborhood, and you could hear, everybody could hear him. He was that loud. But I heard my dad praying, and I'll never forget that. And that's been embedded in my mind, and I'll never forget it. And I remember he did that when we were on a mission trip to Chile. And uh, a man, he just showed me how to pray. Uh, And he did it all the way to the end of his life. And now he's worshiping the Lord, going crazy. Doesn't care what anybody thinks about him, just like he lived his life. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And then Jeff, um, you're our second oldest, but you're also Pastor Jeff at Emmanuel. You're associate campus pastor and youth pastor in Elk River campus. And uh, and what what I, I guess I'm taking a chance here. What's your favorite memory of our relationship growing up here? <laughs> well, there's a lot to choose from. First of all, shout out to Elk River. I love you guys. Miss you. Um, miss you this morning, but I'll see you next Sunday. Um, But favorite memory growing up, there's so many to choose from. Um, I'd I'd go from uh, basketball tournaments when I was in traveling basketball, and you and I, we'd go drive hours uh, to go to a basketball tournament. And for me, growing up with so many brothers, there wasn't a whole lot of alone time that you and I got together. Um, So those moments in the car where we're alone, I saw a picture pop up on my Facebook of we were just listening to music together yeah. and we got to talk. So I love those moments. Yeah. Um, but then I also really treasure moments early on uh, with me and David when we shared a room and we were little. Um, you would read books to us at night and it would be a different series of books, all these different books. And you'd always read to us um, before we went to bed and then you'd always pray with us. And your prayers were always singing. 
Um, you guys may have noticed he's been doing a lot of singing in his sermons lately. Um, I will not sing for you. I don't, I don't like to sing in front of people. Uh, but you'd, you know, you'd sing and then we would sing with you and I'm sure to yeah. anyone listening, it sounded terrible, but to God, I'm sure no. it sounded amazing. It was so beautiful. It was, but that was the memory as you always prayed. Well, boys don't want to like pray out loud, right? They, they no. were whatever timid. So I was like, yeah. well, then just repeat after me. Yeah. Jesus. And yeah. then we go, Jesus. And then we would, yeah. and then we would pray literally. We'd pray intercessory prayers that way. And, Lord, we come against the devil. And they'd go, Lord, we come yeah. against the devil. I, yeah, I'd always, I'd always pray for no bad dreams and not yeah. to let the devil sneak in. So yeah. That was always, That's it, it. Worked, so it was That was good. a big one. That was a big one. And then we have Danny. Now, Danny, you're not one of my sons, but you're a part of the family. And uh, tell a little bit about how we got connected as a family, and then a memory. Yeah. Uh, so I actually, I met Jeff, uh, my, one of my best friends here. I met in seventh grade at CU at the pool. Um, and then we kind of built a relationship. And after about a year, he had invited me over to his house. And from the second I walked into the house, it just felt like a home. Um, you guys opened up your doors. Uh, you fed me, took care of me all kinds of times. Um, you just hung out, and it just felt good to be there. And so that's how you became Uncle Nate to me. Um, and one of my favorite memories is probably one time when the boys were talking back to Jody, and you walked in, and you were like, hey, watch how you talk to my wife. And for me, I was like, it was like the first time I had saw you with that like stern voice, and I was like, ooh, they in trouble. <laughs> so that was, that was definitely one of my favorite memories. Wow, wow. I know you, I'm glad you had some good memories with me. I know Jody's chocolate chip cookies are like your- The best. Yeah. The best. So I'm glad I had something in there too. That's good. <laughs> Tim, now you're our, our uh, third oldest son and, uh, and uh, we've got a lot of memories and they're still making memories. Mm -hmm. but yeah. What's your got... favorite one? What's your favorite? Um, I got a lot of good memories with you, a lot of challenging moments that are good moments. Uh, I remember growing up, you're my football coach, Pee Wee football. And I'd throw my helmet on the ground. He's like, get that back up, pick that back up, have some respect for yourself. Um, but even moments like just sitting in the basement and you were my best friend. Like that's the guy I go to just to hang out and talk with. Or two years ago at the Church Multiplication Network Conference and you're just speaking and I'm looking up there, I'm like, man, I got the best dad in the world. So I had a lot of cool moments. Well, thank you, thank you. I'm, I don't even know what to say at that. Uh, all right, now, um, each of you have a different thought process about your future, and you're thinking about what you'll hand off. And uh, Jeff, uh, you and Camry uh, gave me the greatest gift ever when little Kevin came into the picture, and I have a grandson now, and I'm sure life has really changed for you over the last year. Do you think about what you do to invest in your son, my grandson, and his great-grandson? Um, but uh, what are the things you're thinking about passing on? Maybe things you learned in our home or you want to make sure that happen with your son? Well, the biggest thing that I think that I want to pass on that I got from you and I'm sure you got from Grandpa um, is just you always spoke to what was underneath the surface. You always mm -hmm. spoke about the heart um, and the importance of the why behind things. I could say things, I could do things that you didn't like or disagreed with, but it was, it was never about what I said, it was never about what I did, it was always about why underneath. Um, I'd get in big blowout fights with one of my brothers and you'd be like, go to your room, and it's a heart problem, you need to talk with God. And I just remember, those are moments for me that 
really helped form me that it wasn't you're trying to shape my behavior, you're trying to shape who I was. Mm. And uh, that's something that I wanna pass on to my son is just that he would know that I don't really care about what he's doing, I care about who he is. Mm. Mm. That's good, that's good. Timmy, what about you? Now, you're not married yet. Not yet. <laughs> and, um, come soon, though. Stay tuned. <laughs> but. That, that, that could come soon, soon enough. But what are you thinking about for the future, what you need to? I think you taught me a lot of good things growing up, um, just as I mentioned, in stories and moments. Uh, I think the thing that really sticks with me the most and uh, would be moments where I'd be sitting up in my room at 3 a.m. because I procrastinated doing my homework and I, I feel like giving up, and I quit. And you come in and you say, son, Arush never quits. Mm. So I think, and then honestly, that's helped me through the hard moments of whenever I wanna quit, and I just look back to that. Arush mm. never quits, Arush never quits, and that's something I'll pass on to my children. And I didn't, I didn't originate that. That came from my dad, so how about that? That's <laughs> the, the old handoff right there. <laughs> Danny, what about you? Yeah, I think, um, um, by the way, you're married now. I am a married man now. How long have you been married now? Uh, four weeks fresh. Four weeks, four weeks a COVID fresh. wedding. Shout out to my amazing wife over there. Yeah, and uh, your wife's amazing. You got yes, lucky, is. bro. Oh, uh, thank God every I was, day. I was honored to be a part of the wedding, yep. and that was such <laughs> a beautiful time. But as you guys are thinking about the future, what yeah. do you want to Absolutely. Forward. I think one of the biggest things um, that I took away from you is when I was in eighth grade, um, growing up without a dad, it was always uh, learning how to respect my mom. It was an interesting thing. And so I remember in eighth grade, I got in trouble in school. And uh, she brought me home and said, you need to learn respect. And I said, well, you got to give respect to get it. I said that to my mom, worst thing I could have ever done. And she's like, all right, that's it. Kicking you off the basketball team, you're done. And I went to the game one day, and you were there. And you were like, why aren't you playing right now? I was like, yeah, I said some stuff to my mom I shouldn't have said, got kicked off. And you're like, you got to love your mom, you got to respect your mom. Um, and hearing that from an uncle figure without having a dad in my life was huge because it gave me a different perspective to, uh, one, learn how to respect women, but also learn how to respect my mom. I was talking to Jeff earlier and he said, you can tell the heart of a man by how he treats his mother. And so I think that flipped a lot of my mindset and it taught me to be a way better husband wow. at the end of the day. Wow, wow. And I didn't even remember that when you had mentioned that before. I'm like, wow, that's, that's powerful. Uh, and it's important. Because, um, I mean, for all of you guys, you, you all moved out. And, uh, well, Timmy hasn't yet. He will at some point. And uh, you move out, I still got to live with her. <laughs> so that trumps it in one way, but also how we treat all women. And, uh, and honor and respect, and that's an important value for, for me. I'm glad you caught that. I'm really glad you caught that. Dad, um, as you think about... Um, what you want to have spoken into the next generation. Um, I always talk about how, uh, Dad, show me how to live when I get to be your age. I'm on the same set of railroad tracks. So I want to have hope when I get there. Help, you know, don't get cynical on me because uh, I, I don't want to become cynical. And there's that element of give me that model even at this stage of your life. Um, but you've also invested in a generation of young men uh, multiple generations of young men. I saw it when I was a kid, and you'd have young men at our house, and you would disciple them, and then in the ministry, you've done that for your whole life, and you invest in, in the men of, of Emmanuel. And uh, as you think about what's important to pass, not only on 
to the generations that we have here, but also to, to men that you see. What do you think is important to pass on? Thank you, Pastor Nate. <laughs> Always want to say that, and it is. He is my pastor. It's so, so cool to be the sweet spot of life. You don't have to pay me to do this. And I have my oldest son, who's my boss, but he still calls me my, he's my fa you know, father-son relationship. Yeah. It's amazing, and that's what I want to pass on. There's so many men that are looking for a father in their life. Is there someone that'll reach out and spend time with me? Someone who will invest, be present, when they say I'm gonna be there and they're there. That's what I wanna pass on. I wanna see men, I don't care how many they are. Of course, my wife keeps me tame to that and say, honey, watch your time. <laughs> but I mean that. I wanna invest as many men as I possibly can for this purpose, to reflect who God the Father is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave that. So I want to be a giving father. I want my, my son, my, I have another son, David, and a daughter back in Michigan. I want them to know what it is to give, to be giving. I want them to grow up to know who a father is. So I want to invest in men so they know what a father is. Many men have a father maybe in the home, but he was not present. And so I never want to take the place of a father, but I want to be that spiritual father to them so they know what the love of God is. And perhaps maybe they will have a relationship with their father and that love will just keep going on. So that's, that's my answer. <laughs> Drop the mic, right? Uh, on a day like this, there's many people that think of their father with good feelings, but then there's others that struggle with a day like this. And our hope is really found in the church. Mm -hmm. That if we take up our call, not only to invest in our own children, but also the children that God places around us, no matter their age. I know 55-year-old people that have a hole in their heart about their dad but the church can make a new story in their life. Right. We don't have to always be controlled by negative. We can right. have the positive as we get into relationship. And I know that as you invest in, in the men in, of our church, there's opportunities, there's all kinds of men's groups, mm -hmm. connect groups that guys can get in and there can be that growth and development. I encourage you, if you've not been in on one of our groups and you wanna grow in that area of men's discipleship and you wanna grow personally, Jump into one of our groups. It's on our website. You can, you can jump in at any time. So, hey, would you give it up for my great panel today? Thank you guys for being here. Appreciate it. Oh. You know, uh, growing up with my dad speaking words of life over me made a profound impact on my life. And uh, I can't help but think about a day like today going, I have hope because of other people's voices in my story. And I'm not standing on my own or my own identity. I'm actually surrounded by the strength of the community that God placed in my life. And I'm thankful that as a pastor that you and I can be a part of a story that's larger than we are and God can fill it. I want to give 
you today's message. We're on part four of moving mountains, talking about Jesus said that if you say to this mountain, it will be moved. How can we have that kind of faith? And today the title of my message is Pouring Out and Filling In. Pouring Out and Filling In. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 11 is an interesting verse that I want you to see. In Hebrews 11, verse 20, it says this. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. What did Isaac draw from in order to give something away? It says that by faith he promised blessings for the future. So how did he, how did he give those things to the future? What did he pull from in order to actually pronounce a blessing. Did you know that you and I can give a blessing over people? We can speak it over our kids, over our spouses and our families. We can do it everywhere we go in our stories, the people that we come in contact with. How can we do that? Well, Isaac, how did he do it? He did it out of the story of faith that was handed to him. You see, Isaac was a promise of his father. His father was a guy named Abraham in the book of Genesis. You guys know who Abraham was? Abraham's known as the father of faith. Well, Abraham and Sarah were promised by God that they would have a child. And as God gave them that promise, it didn't come for decades. In fact, they kind of grew out of the chronological age of having children, and they still believed by faith that they'd have a kid. And they did, and that kid's name was Isaac. So Isaac grows up in a home where he hears the stories of the faithfulness of God to his mom and dad who still listened to God for many years. And as he did that, he heard it. So when Isaac grew, he also, he had the past and his family stories, but he also grew his own faith. He had to go through stories of learning to trust in God, and he had many failures, and, and then he had successes. But as he went along, he developed his own relationship with God. He drew from everything around him. You and I can draw from our story of heritage of faith, if we have them, but we can also draw from the stories where God has blessed us in our story. And everyone can draw from God's blessing on our lives. So how did Isaac see something that wasn't there in front of him. In other words, as he's looking at his sons, um, Jacob and Esau, Esau being the older one, as he looked at them, how did he see beyond in the future? Because the reality was Esau was a warrior who kind of was into meeting his own needs, doing his own thing. He'd take off and go hunting. He would be on his own. He really wasn't invested in the family. I think of him like a, a Hulk kind of figure, you know, Hulk need to eat, Hulk need to do, whatever it may be. I think of him like that, and, 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 and Esau would live for himself, and yet he was so into himself and his needs, he was willing to lose some of the things that his father would have handed him. One of them was his birthright, and so he gave up his birthright over a bowl of soup because his brother Jacob, which means deceiver, the deceiver swindled him out of the birthright and said, I'll give you the bowl of soup if you'll give me the birthright. And there was a, a swindling, if you will, that went on. The reality was is that they were not the ultimate picture of what we would think of would be like the spiritual Mount Rushmore people at that time. And Isaac could look at his sons and look beyond what he saw. In fact, there's a great version, the message version says it like this, that same verse. By an act of faith, Isaac reached into the future 
as he blessed Jacob and Esau. Did you know Isaac was actually blind when this happened and he blessed them? But what he did is he saw beyond the present tense and into the future. You know, you can do that with your children. When kids are teenagers, they're not the easiest to hang out with, all right? Teenagers, parents are not the easiest to hang out with, right? Why is that? Because there's natural development towards independence going on with teenagers. And so often there's conflict. If you look at people in your life, whether they be your family or the people in society around you, if all you see is the present tense, you aren't into the blessing zone yet, baby. You have to learn to think beyond and see beyond into the future. You got to look beyond and see what could be, what should be down the road. And listen, Isaac reached in the future. Blessing others is an act of faith. Faith as the evidence of things not yet seen. In other words, if you want to be a person of faith that moves mountains, you've got a desire to see people's lives change. You want to see your children that are prodigal kids come home. You want to see this, the, the political figures of the land. You want to see other. You've got to see with eyes of faith, not just what you see. When you're scrolling through a social media, which, by the way, it's a good time for a social media fast. Come on, somebody. This is a good season for that. But if you were scrolling down and you saw things that are kind of button pushers for you and things that make you angry, you've got to have eyes of faith to see beyond what is in the present tense to what God could do in their story, not just respond angrily out of what you see. As believers in Christ, we have an incredible opportunity to release heaven over those around us when we understand and exercise the power of declaring a blessing. To speak a blessing over another is a biblical practice in the Old and New Testament, right from the very beginning. In fact, God spoke the first blessing over people. Look at Genesis 1.28. Then God blessed them and said, after he created Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. In other words, God spoke a blessing over people. He was the first one to do it. And speaking the blessing activates God's blessing. Say that with me. Speaking the blessing activates God's blessing. In other words, it creates something. It sets things into motion. And you'll see this through the rest of the Bible in the Old Testament. When the law came down, it said things like this. If you obey me, you will be blessed. There's a blessing that came with the obedience. There was also a cursing that came. But the blessing of God causes things to succeed that wouldn't otherwise succeed. And then by the time you get to the New Testament, the, the, the story of Jesus, Jesus is now talking about blessed are those people. In fact, if you want to know more about Jesus' words with blessing, you can go back to our hashtag blessed series that we did just a couple months ago. And, and you can walk through the words of Jesus and how he blessed others. But here's what blessing is. The, bless, the word bless comes from the... Hebrew word barak, which means to fill with benefits, to fill with benefits. It also could mean praise as if filling the object of blessing with honor and good words. But the key word here is fill, F-I-L-L. Everybody said fill. When praying a blessing over someone, imagine your words are being poured into any voids that the person may have in their heart. And you are filling the cup of their soul with goodness and favor. It's as if whatever's in this pitcher, this water, 
is what's in you that you've received from God. When you bless someone else, when you bless your kids, when you speak words of life over the people in your story and blessing, it's as if you are pouring it into what they need. This plant needs water to grow. If it doesn't have water, it dies and shrivels up. So my words of blessing fill in the need in their life. On top of that, we have needs in our story that have been maybe bad places of of hurt or wounding or somebody did something to us that we regret or we still replay in our brain. And when somebody comes into our story that speaks words of life and belief in us, I know, I know adults that still replay old tapes in their brain of words that their parents spoke over them, that they would never amount to something or that they were a failure or something else. And they play it over and over again. And they, it becomes a, a, a draw, a, kind of a leakage of, of, of confidence And because they have that word playing in their head, they don't have the confidence to step up and be who God has designed them to be. And until they come into contact with somebody that's full of God, full of the Spirit, until they come in contact with somebody like that, they're they're feeling the void. But then when they come into the church and somebody speaks a word of life or a mentor comes into their story, now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden those voids, those things that are holes begin to be filled up. And yes, by the way, I overflowed this plant and now it's spilling out all over the place. How many wanna live out of the overflow, amen? (laughs) Let's live out of the overflow of what God can do in that. A spoken blessing is a positive biblical statement that invokes the blessing of God in the life of another. This is what we can do. We can speak the blessing of God into the life of another. And on a daily basis, people are hit with negativity all around them, doubt and discouragement. And speaking a blessing can reverse the curse cycle that people feel trapped in. True? How many know that it seems like there's nothing but cursing going on? Anger. I read a a report this week that at this moment in history, that worldwide, not just in America, the level of happiness and satisfaction amongst people, humans, is the lowest it's been in decades. People are hearing negativity and fear and all kinds of things all the time. People are fighting with one another. And a word of blessing at the right time in this moment can take all that the curse is trying to destroy in your mind and your heart and it can fill in the cracks and develop a sense of security so people don't have to be pulled down by the the day and age that we live in, but they can be lifted up by the blessing of God. Can I get an amen to that? You should be speaking blessings over your spouse, over your children, over your coworkers, over your neighborhood, over people that are around us every day. And we need to include both our neighborhood and our enemies. Let me speak to this church. The world doesn't play by the same rules as the church plays by. In the church, we follow what God says is best for our lives. And in God's word, it says that we are only to speak things that build up those that are listening to us. Ephesians 4.29. What time is it? It's 4.29. In God's word, we build people up. Right now, the rules of engagement in the land are you cut down whoever you see and disagree with. 
And there are a lot of people that feel like they're on one side or the other of so many different issues. And I just want to remind you that we are to bless people, even our enemies. This is how Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 5. He said, but I say, love your what? Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives us, gives his sunlight to both evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is, that, is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you're kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. Ooh, let the church say amen to that. Lord, help us to love our enemies. Let me give you four essential elements required to speak a blessing. If you're going to be able to speak a blessing, you've got to have these four things, all right? The first thing is this. Speak blessings after cleansing your mouth of cursing. After you cleanse your mouth of cursing. Look at James chapter 3, the practical prophet, I like to call him James. He says this, people can tame all kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. You know, he says, though both blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. In other words, it's not right because it muddies up. If you think of a, a water pipe that's sending the water of heaven to the world around you or to the lawn, you know, my lawn this week, I had to water my lawn because we had a few hot days and it would burn it up and it would dry it up. So I had to water the lamp, lawn. But that pipe that it goes through, if you're sending cursing through that, and I'm not just talking about curse words, I'm talking about things that tear down people that are negative towards others, and you let that go through and out your mouth or on your post or sharing your post because you're trying to correct somebody else, and you're not the judge, God's the judge, but you're letting that go through your mouth and at the same mouth, you want to speak blessing, but now that pipe is all clogged up with mud. And all the heaven blessing doesn't quite make it through the way it could. And it's tainted when it comes out your mouth. I think this is an hour for the church to be very careful about what we post on social media and what we share with anybody else and what we say with our mouths. Why? Because, not because there isn't right versus wrong and truth versus untruth. There's a ton of that. But we need to understand that on our, say it's your Facebook page or something else, and you're sharing correct articles to correct other people, and you're trying to share that. Some of those same people that are reading it are also people that are candidates to become Christians, candidates to receive the power and the love of Jesus. But because they're seeing the attitude that you got on your Facebook page, they aren't going to receive the truth and the love of God from you because you're having both things come out of the same mouth. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? We need to be aware that we need to follow what the word of God says on this. 
Speak blessings after cleansing your mouth of cursing. Hatred doesn't mix well with the love of God. The reality is we've all fallen short, we've messed up, but we can repent and we can change our speech and we can bring blessing to the world around us. Can I get an amen to that, church? (laughs) Secondly, we need to speak blessings as one who is blessed. As one who is blessed. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. In other words, we've received all of the blessings from the Father through Jesus. Every spiritual blessing, it says in there. We've received it all so that we can bless out of that, out of the overflow of what God has done in our story. But I think that we have to learn to take blessing breaks sometimes. Because when we're going through the day and we're going through our weeks, we could have moments where we begin to think of all the things that are bad and wrong in our story. But did you know we've got a lot to thank God for? We can take a blessing break on Tuesday afternoon. We can take a blessing break on Thursday morning. We can take a blessing break in the middle of an argument with our family. Come on, somebody. Take a blessing break instead of moaning and whining about what we don't have. We can talk about what we do have. We are blessed because Jesus died for us before we chose him. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you, Jesus, and I'm saved. Thank you, Lord. We can, we can thank the Lord for all of the blessings he's brought into our story. Meaning this, even those of us that have lost our job during a season of COVID or seasons of our life, we can recognize God's still bringing food our way. He's taking care of us. Somehow we still got relatives and loved ones and friends around us that we can be grateful for. There's a blessing break around the corner for every single one of us. If we pause and we think about the fact that we really are blessed and that we can speak out of a condition of being blessed. When you're forgiven, you can forgive. When you're healed, you can heal. Blessing others from that position of overflow. If you're having a bad week, you'll have to rely on faith, not feelings. I think this generation is getting wrecked because we've been living by feelings. And you can't trust your feelings. Your feelings will betray you. you got to trust in faith and trust that God will see you through, not just by your feelings. And by the way, we can thank God for the people in our story. In fact, I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, I'm blessed because of you. (laughs) I'm blessed because of you. Yes. All right, third thing. Essentials that you have to have if you're going to speak a blessing. Speak blessings in the name of Jesus. In other words, we need to firmly declare out loud, if you will, in our own heart and mind. Sometimes it's out loud in a prayer. Sometimes it's out loud directly. And sometimes it's just in our heart. But my authority comes from him, no other place. We don't have power in ourselves. And our ability to bless comes from Jesus' blessing on us. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
I don't even know how much more, but if we root our ability to speak life into somebody else in our submission to Jesus and his name is above all other names, then when we pray, we're not going, oh man, I've been a, I haven't really prayed enough in the last week and I haven't read enough scriptures and I, I messed up on that one day, so I really can't pray in faith over somebody. That's not true. You can stop and you can go, wait, listen, because Jesus, you have saved me and your grace is on my life, the unmerited favor of God, as I pray for this person, I can speak in the authority of Jesus over them because he's faithful and he doesn't change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I can speak that because of the authority of Jesus in my story. The fourth thing is this. The fourth essential, if you want to speak blessing over somebody, is speak blessings by speaking the word of God. The word of God. Declare spiritual blessings from the word of God over another person. Pronounce God's word. Pronouncing God's word activates heaven. It activates heaven. Something happens when I read his word. It activates heaven. Something changes in the atmosphere. So when I want to pray, I need to, and I want to speak a blessing, it's powerful when I can declare God's blessing over someone. It's powerful when I can declare his truth over someone. It's not my made-up idea or something I got after eating bad pizza last night and some weird aura or some vision. I'm getting it from God's word. God's word says, I, I know you're sick, but by his stripes you are healed. When I declare his word, something is activated. Heaven's truth becomes real in another person's story. Parents, you can do this over your kids. You can speak the word of God over your kids. You are special. God was there creating you in Psalm 139, and you could pray that and speak that over your kids' lives. He has good things planned for you. He's prepared a place for you. You're not a, a failure. In fact, God has great things. He takes failures and turns them into successes. And you can declare God's word over them. I think if there's a need in this hour, you know, and it, it, as we are in the last of June, we're at halftime of, of 2020. What a year it's been, right? But let's go win the second half, right? Let's go win the second half. You know how we win the second half? When we start actually reading the word, not only hearing it from the pastor on Sunday morning, because I can tell you, I'm watching the trends, and this isn't just Emmanuel. It's Christians everywhere. In the last two months, we've watched churches everywhere. Engagement from Christians has gone down. Online viewership has gone down in churches. People's attendance when the doors open has gone down. You know what's going on in the church? The church has been in a place where they're losing contact with the word. And I believe that Christians can overcome the tendencies of Christian, Christianity worldwide and being tired and being uh, self-focused or whatever it may be. When you read the word of God every day and it goes in you and you're reading it, it cleanses your mind, it takes the, the junk out and replaces it with heaven. And then when you're declaring blessings, you're not speaking out of your bad attitude and you're not cursing your kids because you're mad at them when they mess up. For goodness sake, they're only three years old, right? So instead of the thing that is natural coming out of you, you need the supernatural coming out of you. You want to have something to feed from, draw from when you're speaking at that moment? You got to read the word of God for yourself. 
Baby, you gotta do it for your kids' sake, for your friends' sake, for the city's sake. You gotta read the word. And then when you come together as the people of God into church, we're gathering together. And I'll preach. I'll tell you what I think God is saying. But it will be confirmed in your spirit. You know how to measure what I'm saying. Don't just take it because I say it. When you're reading the word every day, you're able to hear me and you know the truth. Otherwise, you get confused about what is true and what is not true. You've got to read the word. Number four, speaking the word of God means this. It means speaking it. And when you speak the word, it activates faith. Storms are calmed and bodies are healed and kingdom of God comes on earth. It activates the angelic army around you. It activates the demolishing of strongholds when the word is in you. You may be asking, how do I speak a blessing? You can do it in ordinary conversation. It doesn't have to be some weird spiritual moment in some church service, but you can speak words of life and encouragement to the people in your story. And you can speak out of the blessing and the comfort that you've received from God in the first place. 2 Corinthians 1, 4. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. And when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. Parents, we can speak life over our kids. We can speak life-giving words to the people in our stories everywhere we go. Speaking life. That may be as simple as when you go to work or you're at a grocery store and people are just angry right now. They're driving angry, they're in grocery stores angry, they're, they're everywhere angry, angry. But when you get anger coming at you, but you respond with a blessing and encouragement and speak life, it's amazing what changes in the atmosphere. Because now you're speaking God's words in this time, you're not borrowing from an age that is going downward. We need to receive what God is saying over our story. We can also pray over or with people. I encourage you to pray over your family, to speak words of life over your family. Start a day that way. Say it in conversation. You can pray over somebody and bless them. And when you do, it changes the people that are hearing you because they're hearing the word come out of you. And how do people change? Well, what does Romans say? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. They could be hearing you speak words of life transformation in their story. It's absolutely critical for us to grow in that way. Finally, how can you do the speaking of blessing? You can intercede in prayer for somebody that's not even in your presence. We'll talk all about that next week. Next week's going to be about intercession and praying for and standing in the gap on behalf of the world around us. See, there's an incredible, powerful opportunity for everyone under the sound of my voice. You can receive the powerful words of blessing from the Father in heaven. Every good, James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. I just believe. The word of God is stronger than the words of the age we're in. The word of God speaks a better word. And when Jesus came to the earth, he came to turn around the story of people. I met a man earlier who has just recently been coming to church. And as he's come to church, he's received words of life. He told me today, this is the first Father's Day that he felt that he could actually be okay with celebrating. 
because his earthly father had killed his mother and his sister. And he's lived all these years being hit over the head with depression and those kind of things. But God is doing a new story in him. And there's the kingdom of God that's stronger than all the other things that have happened in a person's story. You can have life right now. In fact, I don't know who you are, and I know that every time we gather, we have people that are joining us at Emmanuel at home online, or they're in meeting one of our campuses in Elk River, Maple Grove, or Spring Lake Park. And they gather, and they came for their own reason to church, or they viewed it on their phone, or in their living room, or on their laptop, for whatever reason. But God is speaking to you right now, and he's saying this, I love you, son or daughter. I care for you. And all those things that are so painful on the inside, I want to pour myself out into you to fill up what's lacking, to give you a new heart and a new story. And if you're listening, you're watching, you're with us today, I just want to pray with you because this is a moment where you don't just need to hear about the good news. It's a moment for you to receive it into your story. And you can pray and receive a new life. You can bow your heart before Jesus and become new. You can come home, perhaps you once walked with God, and you need to get back into the presence of God. And you can do that right now. And I want to lead you in a prayer. And in fact, wherever you are, just close your eyes. And I want to just, I want to, for the people that are listening to me for this moment, that are in a place where you need to come back to Jesus, I want to, I want to take a moment in the middle of this service before we're done, and I want to give you an opportunity to turn to Jesus right now. Don't put it off. But if you need to give your life to Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer. Just pray it out loud. Pray it with me, and I'll give you words to pray. Just say, Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came to the earth, died on the cross for my sin, and then you rose from the dead, and I know you're alive. Today, I surrender to you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin and to make me new. I am your child, and I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Somebody give the Lord some praise in here. People give their life to Jesus. I love it. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to continue on the journey and stay walking with Jesus. And in fact, if you can, let us know. If you're watching online, you can go to any one of our platforms and direct message us. Let us know you gave your life to Jesus. I want you to stay in the, in the, in the journey. Otherwise, you can also text the word Emmanuel to 313131, and I'll send you a quick link right now to some resources that will help you stay in the journey of following Jesus. It's important for this to happen. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. To learn more about the many ministry opportunities we have throughout the week, be sure to check out emmanuelcc.org.